0: Welcome to Spinning Out. I'm your host, Josh Robbins. This is a podcast where we talk to artists about their favorite albums. This week on the pod, we're talking with Michael Bingham of Spiritual Cramp. Michael also spent time in the band Creative Adult and also currently plays in Spice. So we're talking about Dead Kennedy's 1980 album, Fresh Fruit for Rotten Vegetables. We're both big, big fans of this album. I do have to note, that we recorded this episode a little before the January 6th Capitol storming, so we make no reference to any up to the minute political events. Also, because of that, we don't mention the embarrassing tweet celebrating Mitt Romney that Dead Kennedy shot out following everything. Just to note, Jelly Bafra left Dead Kennedy's in 1986, and the band returned with different singers in 2001 to the present. And so, you know, I also just say bands get kind of cringy, but Jello, he doesn't have anything to do with the band. All right, before we go into the episode, please check out our Patreon, and that's patreon.com slash Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram and rate, review, and subscribe. All right, no more waiting. Here we go. Or do you simply enjoy good food delivered straight to your door? Then you should probably check out Nourish. Nourish offers culturally diverse, gluten-free, organic, vegan food for meal delivery and catering, all while enriching their community, employees, and our planet. If you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, you can find them at nourishcharlotte.com. If you're in the New York area, check out nourishdelivered.nyc. Nourish yourself. You deserve it. (laughs) Hi, Michael. How's it going?
1: Hello. Um, It's going good, all things considered. You know. Um,
0: So today, we are talking about uh, Dead Kennedy's 1980 album, Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables. And with that, when do you think the first time you ever heard this album or Dead Kennedy's as a whole?
1: So... That's a great question. I was trying to figure out the answer to that question earlier today because I wanted to know. I was like, all right, when was, the last time I, or when was the first time I heard this band? And I don't know which one it was, but I either heard Fresh Fruit or they had a VHS out and it was called. Live on broad, live at the on Broadway, I think it was called, and my friend, I think I think it was the VHS. So like, I grew up in a town uh, called Vancouver, Washington. Um, it's just across the river, from Portland, for those who don't know. And um, we were young, you know, we get we're getting into punk really young, so we didn't really have like a lot of access to get over the bridge to Portland. Um, But we knew about punk, me and my friends did. Um, And there was this one kid, his name's Anders and his parents were really cool. And they would drive him over to um, the record store in Portland, I think it's called First Avenue Records. Um, It's been a long time I moved to California when I was about six to 15, but um, Second Avenue Records, I can't remember. Um, Either way, they would drive him over to that record store um and get him all the cool you know vhs bootlegs and cds and stuff and he was like come over to my house i have to show you something um and i went over to his house and he showed me that vhs and i remember i remember police truck is the first song on there and it's them and it's just madness it's the hometown san francisco show it was in 84 so it's just popping off they're like in their prime um and i remember that was the first time i ever knew what the dead kennedys were the, the first time i would ever seen the band you know or and, or heard of them uh, and my friend was like this is cool we like this and i was like, yeah yeah we we like this <laughs> um and then i think the same guy got fresh fruit and showed it to me and then i went home and like downloaded it on or something um yeah
0: and probably one of the tracks were like something else oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're
1: like a lot of family computers
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah. um yeah i don't i don't i feel like it's i i mean i didn't think about it because i was asking you um but it's like i don't feel like i remember a time that i don't know about Dick Kennedy's but I think it's like more of just like the symbol of Dick Kennedy's like almost like seeing that you know that lettering on like someone's pants you know oh yeah Um, like I think one of my first kind of memories of like a punk in the wild was like we were driving by this restaurant it was like a whole family but like the the kid in the family had like this this the tallest mohawk but it was basically just like all of his hair kind of glued up into one place. Um, mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking about it. And he had a black flag shirt on and uh, and like a dead Kennedy's like patch on his pants. And uh, I felt was. like I was probably like, I don't know, like 11 or something like, wow. you know, and it was just like one of those things where it was really like seeing a unicorn, like, but it was like, I remember being drawn to it without really having a whole lot of like reference of like what punk was like, it was just yeah before time began, you know, I just, I was always interested in like whatever that was. And there wasn't like internet in the same way that would have like led me to it or, you know, so I don't know what that primordial thing is that kind of like drew us to it, you know, or if that's really what your experience was.
1: I mean, I I mean, absolutely. Like, all the things in my life that have been mainstays are things that I just happened to be drawn to. I remember seeing graffiti for the first time driving through, cause we, cause my grandmother lived in Portland. So we would drive from Vancouver to Portland and on the freeways, you could see the graffiti. And I remember thinking, I'm going to figure out what that is and I'm going to figure out how to do that. <laughs> and, you know, it's, I, I, you know, it's not something I really like go after super hard anymore but it's definitely a large part of my life graffiti writers are you know and like all my friends do write graffiti and you know punk was the same thing it was like it was just this thing that you knew i knew that i wanted to be a part of and the dead kennedy symbol was just like a little bit of extra spice on that thing that you know that you want to be a part of you also want to know what that symbol was or for me at least you know I, I really wanted to know what that symbol was and i wanted to be in the know of it and you know and
0: like, yeah i mean i feel i feel like i mean then i think about like you know uh getting like tony hawk pro skater or whatnot like well and yeah. police truck being on that so that really like cemented it but i i feel like i remember hearing them before um uh, but yeah i it's just it's just one of those things where i and i think i've probably mentioned this on another episode where it, they almost start feeling like american songbook like in a way where it's just like been there forever like right. whenever i even when i look at a song title from this record it's like the song pops up in my head and i'm not someone that really has good like like when i see a song title a lot of times like i don't know what song that is and then like one of my friends will play it in the chorus. Like I have bad recall with that for some reason. And, but with like Dead Kennedys or any kind of punk of this era, it's just the whole song just pops up in my head. Um, And it's just burned in my head in the same way, like most Ramones is, and like, you know, just like those formative things. Uh, But all that to say with revisiting this record, um, not that I was unfamiliar with it, but this record, like, fucking rips like
1: yeah it's insane
0: and that's like i think i I feel like i want to say it off the top because i think i i hear a lot of people kind of like mention like do dead kennedy's hold up or are they a bad band or like and it's like no if you're looking at this record or like give me convenience it's like no they're (laughs) one of the best bands to ever do it in punk and i probably could end the episode right there
1: and no one, no one sounds like them either to this no. day. No one, no one captures that thing. Actually, so this, uh, this is uh, this is something I was going to mention, but I guess I could just. But there is a band out right now who definitely reminds me of them. They're called Crisis Man. Are you familiar with that band?
0: I've heard. I, it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do the thing that's like I've heard the name, but I don't. Uh, I've I have heard the name, uh, and I did not know that they sounded that way. Yeah, I think so, I just kind of thought that they were like. I guess I put them in like '82 kind of punk, you know. Um, it
1: they that that that's a fair that's fair as well. But they have a so they have a new LP that is recorded. Um, I th- I think it might be. I I don't think they have a problem with me talking about this, but it's it might be a little bit till it's out. But it sounds like the Dead Kennedys. It sounds like an explosion of, spastic, weird, strange off-key and on-key, off-key and on-key vibrations. It's really interesting. Um, but they're they're one of the only bands that I think out right now.
0: Yeah, I think there's like, what a, a fun thing about like Dead Kennedys, or and I guess like you're saying if Crisis Man is doing this, um, there's just so much like really cool space in Dead Kennedys that I don't yeah. think a lot of like, definitely a, I feel like when people kind of rip off you know, kind of their 82 hardcore thing, everything's kind of smooshed together. You know, it's like uh maybe because nowadays all that stuff's recorded on like macbook speakers uh which is fine um but it's like there's so much like just amazing space in dead kennedy songs where it's like they weren't concerned with like filling everything up and i think like a modern thing to do is to like kind of layer a bunch of shit or let the guitar like topple over everything which can be really great but you know it's like it's like no you're right like to me no one really sounds like this either no one like really has the foresight or the accidental foresight to you know kind of have that kind of panning kind of sound that's like makes it sound a lot bigger and weirder in a lot of ways
1: yeah it's very strange music it's like circus, circus music or something
0: like that yeah and i i don't know i i feel like i don't ever i think the weirdness of jello's voice was always like a positive thing for me as a kid like and yeah definitely. I, you know and i i have people that are like well i mean they're like i think i would like dead kennedy's if it wasn't for jello and i'm like that's kind Whoa, of that's, a selling point for me you know yeah and
1: his antics on stage and as a front person him running for me you know he's just like he's like he's a comedian you know he's like yeah. a wacky he's like a, you know he's like his whole bit is his life is kind of like a almost a, it's not productive but it's, you know it's kind of like his style of making art is a bit almost in a way
0: yeah, I and I um I think I was I was telling you off the pod about like the uh like the Jell-O. I mean, there's so many Jell O with, you know, kind of albums, but the Jell O yeah. with DOA um uh, album that I was telling you about, like it's it's more like metalish kind of punk, but of like the kind of early to mid nineties uh site. But if you look up just pictures of Jell-O during that time frame, um he's He's like rocking a lot of like uh, kind of Western shirts, but also has like the Anton LaVey goatee, mm. um, and the combo of it is just is great.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's subversive, you know. Yeah. It's like it's like design. It's designed to make people do what you said and say. I don't know if I like this guy. That's part <laughs> of it, you know. It's it's like I think Andy Kaufman is maybe a bit of a stretch, but you know, it's like. It's like to dress like that and act like that and sound like that. It's kind of like a big fuck you. I think it's pretty, which I always appreciate of.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, do you feel like younger people, I don't know if we have any way of knowing this, but do you feel like younger people are um, getting into Dead Kennedy's or is it more of a symbol than you know, like a That's a great wear? question.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm sure they are. I, you know, I, I think a lot of the younger people I meet are playing in bands. That's kind of how I encounter people mostly. Um, It's just like, you know, playing shows and connecting. And I definitely think that a lot of the people in the bands that I have met, I mean, I can't, you know, I'll tell you this, I haven't really had conversations about the Dead Kennedys with a lot of people. It's not a band that I talk to people about very much. I know certain people I can talk to are, are, are my friend, Max, uh, who also plays tambourine in our band. Um, and a bunch. he plays in a bunch of other cool bands as well, but he is someone you can definitely talk about the dead Kennedys with and our bass player too. Um, we, him and I grew up on the same stuff, but yeah.
0: I yeah. I wonder if, um, I think, I think sometimes it, it feels like maybe like, I, I feel like I have that thing too, where I'm like, it just doesn't really come up, but it's like, it's like, they're so ever present that if do we kind of in result, like almost take them for granted. And so it's like, no one is really talking. I would say no one's talking about them, but it's like they're no one's talking about them seriously. Um, yeah, I guess like, yeah, as influences because of like how omnipresent it is like in the same way that it's like, well, our minor threat kind of underrated in 2020 you know because right. we sort of just took it for granted that it's one of the I mean, other things
1: that the, the so there's two there's two things that i'm thinking about so one is that my friend carl who plays in a band called fatigue and he played in a bunch of awesome bands from san francisco for a long time our turn and sydney ducks and um, other bands but he always talks about uh bands being part of the fabric right like they're part of like the fabric that is woven into punk rock, you know, or people's like, uh, you know, it's it's the fabric of your clothing that you wear. You know, you take for granted, you know, the stitching on, on a nice jacket or something like that. And I think the Dead Kennedys are certainly a part of the fabric. Um, and the second thing I was gonna say is people, you know, getting into Dead Kennedys at a young age. One thing I was thinking about is ceremony. Um, who are from the same area that I am from, um, they did a California Uber Alice cover for a long time. And they put out like a, I think um, it's not a seven inch of it, but one of their record release covers is a rip on fresh fruit, I believe. And, um, and when they play that song, whenever they play that song, the crowd explodes. And I was thinking about how if, if it's possible that when Ceremony did that, they basically introduced a bunch of people who had only listened to Mental and Righteous Jams to the Dead Kennedys. Or if it's what you're talking about and people are just into it. You yeah. know, because when they play that song, it pops off. Every person in the room knows the lyrics. Yeah, And it's so cool to watch. I mean, I think they still do it every once in a while. Um, well i
0: mean i i think it would be i mean there's no way i could prove it or we could prove it um but it would be nice if they just kind of are band that they're omnipresent yet still you know kind of heralded by i don't know people under 20 or let's say people under 25 you know but yeah yeah so it's and this was their first record <laughs> and right. to be like so realized too like it's like I don't want people to hear it. a lot of my bands, like first records, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> to like come out of the gate, like that strong, you know yeah. um, with that. And like you were saying, like, it is like a carnival um, And that, that's like a strange thing too, where it's like, kind of like the idea of like punk and I guess punk and hardcore that we have now. Um, but at the time, like 1980, when this came out, it was like way more in line with, I guess like the stooges or you know like this this kind of weirdo rock tradition of kind of subverting you know i guess the kind of 70s glam rock and whatnot of the time but it but it also feels like it was born out of people that grew up with it and had an affinity to it like you know like even keith morris like talking like in any interview he'll just name check a bunch of like talk about like hanging out with someone from foghat or something you know? right right uh, you know, so, so it's like, it's like they were rejecting it, but they knew the stuff. I mean, it's like, they were probably like Jello was probably like fans of like early Aerosmith or whatnot. And right. that's, I think that's something that kind of comes through in that style of punk uh, that isn't, I don't feel like has like evolved to modern times.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think you're right. <laughs> I, think, I think you're right
0: about that yeah and i i guess like well then i think you were you had brought up a few things there's like so many places to kind of go with like with dead kennedy's it's kind of hard to like pinpoint one thing like it's like you know you could we could talk for like a couple days of just like jello as himself or kind of like the drama after the point of them being in a band i guess you know almost like I'll let you go with one thread of Dead Kennedys that, you know, you want to talk about.
1: I mean, I think that the Dead Kennedys were just a thoughtful group of people. They're, they're definitely a thoughtful group of psychos. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know them as people, but I tell you that Joe Biafra is certainly a pretty crazy guy. And, you know, but it's it's just thoughtful music. It's people who put a lot of energy into making sure that the craft and creation of what they did and put out into the world was not haphazard and was really thought you know thought about beforehand and I think a lot of bands don't do that Uh, but the Dead Kennedys were really good at that Um, and I think East Bay Ray like watching all the old interviews with him and new ones like that seems like a very thoughtful person
0: yeah I think that's one place that I don't I feel like uh, Uh, all these years I feel like I've always kind of just gone down the jello path you know it's like I don't and I think like in kind of modern history it's almost like with with like them having different singers and whatnot you don't you kind of like don't give like the band probably the credit it's due you know oh yeah the band is amazing but it's like I'm thinking now it's like I don't I don't know if I've watched a video with East Bay Ray specifically, you know, like an interview
1: or whatnot. Dude, Klaus Floride, their bass player, the backups he does in that band, that band would not be what they are without that guy's singing on the records. And Ray, like those songs are just crafted so well. I mean, Jello is a really great, charismatic front person who did a lot in the way of getting atten- getting people's attention, you yeah. know, by being crazy on stage or, you know, running for mayor or, you know, starting a really cool record label. But I think like, I think the rest of that, and you know, there's something to be said about people. I've always thought this, that if you look at someone and all of their friends think they suck, like, do you think it's that person or do you think it's all of their friends? You know what I mean? It's, is it the one person or is it the five people who are all being like, no, this person sucks. And I don't, I can't really speak to the inner turmoil that uh, went on within that band. But I mean, the whole rest of the band, I believe they still play together without yeah. Jello, And I think they still released music. And, you know, that, that I think there's something to be said for that, you know, um, and how they were.
0: Yeah. And ha- have you, I mean, being from you know, from that area or you know uh, have you met jello oh yes okay (laughs) what is he what is he like in i don't know we'll say 2020 but you know
1: yeah i mean i i I couldn't i couldn't comment on his character i guess Um, even
0: from a distance
1: i mean you can hear the man when he walks in the building from the other side of the room you know Hmm. um i mean he certainly just kind of commands attention by the nature of his, his aura Um, and his, you know, his voice will cut through a room full of people. And, you know, he's at all the shows, you know, he's at all the punk shows. Um, He still totally is around. I believe that he still runs alternative tentacles out of San Francisco. You know, I I thought, I I don't want to be too uh, savage, but there's a joke. (laughs) I've, I've heard a joke um by people who run venues disrespectful of people he, uh, disrespectful. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I would never name names, but the joke is <laughs> jello pays double oh.
0: um
1: because he's you know he's on the guest list to every show Mr Mr. Jello Biafra coming into the Sanford you know, but it's like that that wasn't even that was earned you know yeah yeah so um but I I could, I can't comment on this character
0: i i have i've never gone up and introduced myself yeah yeah Uh, one of the things i guess um i I don't know i guess we'll go into it uh the thing that you presented to me today uh was very interesting Um, i mean you know it kind of makes sense like i i could i know these things are probably going on but essentially the court document uh i mean you could basically wikipedia but the the detail (laughs) that this went into uh, the court document that you presented to me about uh, royalties uh, was just, I don't know, so, so interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I think when you put so much time into something when you're a little younger and you really start building something out of it, that's really exciting. And it's also encouraging to not look back, you know, in the way of following your passions But I think at a certain point, you look around you and you realize you probably passed up on a lot of other opportunities to see something through. And that thing is probably really important to you being able to pay rent every month. Yeah. Um, And that can become really complicated if you're not working with people who are not able to communicate.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was, I, I, I mean, I have a small label myself, but it's nothing to the, I think if someone presented something to me, it'd be, they'd be like, I think you owe me $50. I was like, let me open my wallet. You know, right. it's like, there's not enough money changing hands. So it's like, it totally does make sense. And it does. Um, I, I think it's, it's easy and people are correct if they go, well, this label owed me money, they're a piece of shit. Like you can say that and you can be right you know but it's also like I think sometimes like people that own labels and I guess alternative tentacles in this sense it's like you probably like you were saying like hopefully I'm not misquoting you but you kind of just like get it in over your head you know like yeah like you said you just start paying your bills and you start like you know it's like this is how it's been set up and then you don't really think about it for a while and then eventually 10 years or however many years later it's like yellow buffer is the villain but it's not like he i don't think he even though he did grow a very devilish uh you know goatee i don't think he intended to be someone's villain you know of course no
1: they they were probably just starting a band together and having fun um because that's what you do when you're young with your friends you start bands and you have fun but you don't have these level setting conversations like you do with business to start things off. Whereas like, if I have a business relationship with someone we will very clearly define the ins and outs of our financial and workload relationship if we're both smart. So that 10 years from then, if something completely explodes, it's all very agreed upon the way that it will be working. And I just think that bands are not something that that is a natural thing for a lot of people to do you know and record labels too it's like I mean I don't know how hard you're um you know contracting out your bands but it's like what if one of your records really 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 blew up and then it's like you're kind of left to figure out those those kind of crappy details after something has already happened
0: yeah you
1: know I, I think a lot of bands run into that
0: yeah i mean i think a lot of times in the agreements with it it was like since i was putting out like hardcore or hardcore bands in the beginning of it it was Mm -hmm. you know it started like a thing like this band probably won't exist for like another year so me coming up with some agreements for something where i'm going to have a bunch of records in my closet anyways is pointless but then ridiculous you get to a point where it's like you know, and I'll still put out like tapes for bands and I love doing it, but it's like, you know, yeah, you know, contracts have entered the equation or more so like this is the agreement we have for this period of time. Um, But you know, that's, yeah, when you're in a room with three or four of your friends, like that's that's not something anybody wants to do. I think if someone wanted me to do that on like, you know, when we put out like a seven inch, I would try and run away, but it is an important thing. you Know as I put out like full length that something is said, you know, no, uh, certainly, yeah, yeah. So now this is where we get into the uh kind of contract law part of uh the dead Kennedy's discussion, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, right. yeah, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, even the uh, just the point where it's kind of like. If you had invested, I think it was like, they were telling, I guess, alternative tentacles. It was like, if you had put back 40 cents more toward the record, then it could have been promoted. So then there would have been, I don't know if I'm saying it right, like almost like a 40% more increase in sales. And so we're, I don't know if it's 40%, but there would have been a bigger increase in sales. So we are owed that possible increase since you didn't promote it properly and that that's like a strange thing where i'm like oh that is a thing
1: (laughs) let's yeah that's that sounds pretty speculative but i suppose that there's probably some sort of formula where you can determine return on investment from marketing i'm sure i i I know i know there is but i don't know those
0: yeah i mean obviously if you put out if you put out a record and you have i guess there's like two ways you could look at it but but at that point they were already selling like they were saying like an average of like a hundred thousand records a year or something yeah that's crazy you know and then it's like but it's like for bands of any of our size i think in a way that if if a label puts out something and they they pay for like pr for us they're not necessarily sure they would recoup that amount so promotion doesn't always equal sales but we're also talking about an era uh, where yeah. physical product used to move more.
1: Yeah, where sales were were much more in your face.
0: So how complicated is the money now between Decay Music, which is basically the Dead Kennedys entity, versus Alternative Tentacles now in a streaming
1: world? Oh yeah. man, Dude, when when was the lawsuit? Did you do you know the date on it?
0: Um. I think it, well, it start. it was referencing the 2000s, so. I bet if it was
1: in the 2000s, they probably got that figured out.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, that's something that, you know, people talk about Spotify stuff. We need to see if we can figure out if East Bay Ray is owed anything from streaming numbers. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I wonder what East Bay, okay, so you want to know an interesting story about East Bay Ray? Yes. Yeah, let's stop so, okay. about streaming (laughs) numbers so my dad um at one point i don't know what he does for a living but at one point in his life was working somewhere and came home with this piece of paper right just like a piece of paper and he's like hey i worked with the guitar player of the dead kennedys today and hands me this piece of paper and it's just a scribbled piece of paper um, from East Bay, right? And it's like, Hey, Michael, keep (laughs) rocking. I literally, I, I, but I was probably like 26 at this point. So I was just like, thanks dude. Awesome. You know? (laughs) Um,
0: I was in a bar in Baltimore on tour and we basically, the only reason we went to this bar is because the person that was kind of like we were staying at their house and they were showing us around they were like john waters is at this bar like every night and so we were like fuck yeah let's go and we go there and john waters isn't there so we're kind of bummed so we kind of make our way to the back of the bar um this is probably like 10 years ago but um we kind of see this guy break dancing and there's this lady with him and he's just i don't know just kind of doing kind of basic break dancing stuff and the lady kind of walks up to us because we're just kind of watching this guy and it's like just really dark bar. And she was like, that's HR. Do you want his photograph? Oh! And we're like, what? Like, we just like, you're fucking with this. Like, like this, is, this isn't this is a thing. Like, this is, why is HR breakdancing? And why are you? But it, I think it's like, we just look like punkish people, you know? So she was like, "Ah, oh, right. let's do the thing. He does the thing. And so... You know and so we walk up to him he's he's got his dreads tucked into his pants and he just like we take like pictures with them and uh i don't know just that's the story just you know <laughs> and
1: that's he wrote what, like
0: hi i'm hr on it yeah <laughs> i'll try and send you that you know, picture
1: you're like cool have a nice day
0: <laughs> yeah and it was just Six. like well i thought i was gonna see john waters but this is yeah just a cooler cooler i don't know yeah
1: Yeah, i kind of i think with like celebrities like that i've been very um hesitant to approach people like that like i don't want an autograph i don't want to talk to you i don't know why it's just always been a thing for me you know it's like jello i think that's when i see him places i'm kind of just like oh no 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 no. okay i don't i don't want to do that right now you know it's just I don't I don't know why I think i trying to think if there's anyone who I would walk up to one time I one time I asked uh, the owner of the Giants uh, Larry Bear for a photo but
0: but I feel like it's like it's like we've kind of been in in that and even in the HR situation we like we were almost like the lady kind of almost like forced us to do it. And I remember he wrote it on like a, a, it was like an index card, but he just pulled it out of his hand. It's like, hi, I'm HR. And so it was like, they almost like, we didn't push ourselves into the situation, you know? But I I think I agree with you. Like, I, I'd feel weird. Like, you know, I, I, because it's like, I guess it's that thing even coming from Pong um yeah you almost don't want to put pe- people on a pedestal like it's like these are my peers yeah. like if that's true or not but it's like that's yeah. kind of what we were raised to think and so i think when it extends yeah. sometimes to celebrities it's like you know give the man a space you know or you get you give yeah. the person in general like you know and i yeah. i feel like if we're going to talk about
1: something that yeah i if we're going to talk like i don't want i don't want to have some sort of weird one-sided not Uh, mutual interaction with anyone like if we're going to talk if i'm going to meet someone like that i would really like to be able to be like oh cool like someone just introduced us like what are you doing here and you know like really i I like your band if that you know i would like to meet people on a mutual level like i think approaching it just kind of freaks me out although one time i did approach blake from jawbreaker in an airport to get a selfie with him because my best friend is one of my best
0: friends is a very, very big job fan. Of. But yeah, one thing I wanted to kind of remind you about we were talking off the pod when we were, you know, kind of earlier talking about doing dead Kennedys. Uh, there's a tweet from, I guess, at Leave It Alone. So it's uh, me at 15, the dead Kennedys are right about everything. Me at 20, actually, these issues are way more complex. Me at 28. But really, it comes down to larger systemic issues. Me at 35, the Dead Kennedys were right about everything. (laughs) Is the, like, like looking at, just like, even just the song, like the song titles, because they do the thing in Dead Kennedys where it's like, essentially, if you look at, like, what the title of the song is, you get the basic gist of the song, and a lot of them. Um, And so just to, like, think about in 1980, essentially having political beliefs that are still viewed in a way as like leftist issues and 2020 is wild to me, you know? Like it's it's that, how much time has passed? Well, I guess almost, yeah, exactly like 40 years and we're still at the same place. Like, I guess like let's lynch the landlord or, you know. Yeah. uh, yeah. Things that seem like so, almost like, you almost, at a point, uh, probably during college or whatever it's like i filed dead kennedys away because it's not smart enough you know for the nuances of like politics as a whole and then all these years later it's like i come back around and here we are
1: <laughs> yeah i mean definitely the idea of kill the poor it's like that's what that's what people are so angry about still you know yeah yeah like, uh, I don't know. I mean, that goes into the conversation of like, does democracy work? You know, does, does capitalism work in America without people being completely swallowed up? Um, which we should probably try to avoid, but I believe the answer is probably not. Um, yeah, People are always going to get, you know, destroyed by that. I mean, it's, uh, it's an opportunist system um but so like yeah i mean they're really just singing about big picture stuff and making it sound cute yeah. like but, but i mean jerry brown was like a very left-wing governor like he, he was like a hippie man and it's like he was still you know they, they, they were tearing anyone down Um, i don't know i mean i think that that I think the answer to that question is like a long form political conversation. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, But it's
0: sometimes uh, it's like, it's like, it's like, well, Jello was on to something, you know, he's on to something that still resonates, you know, uh, today. And he spent like a lifetime kind of walking the walk with it. Like you were saying, like, you know, running for mayor and, uh, you know, the PMRC thing that, you know, comes to mind with that. You know like always being a champion of you know free speech even though i feel like just like even saying like free speech like nowadays almost as, as like a weirdly like almost like right wing connotation like i mean do you get yeah. that feeling which seems like silly to say um but and also even some of the the even like jello being like green party um like i don't i don't even view green party people in the same way that I viewed Jello. So sometimes there's like a disconnect with me and I don't know if you can clear that up for me. So, yeah.
1: You know, I, I think that, that's, this is really tough because it goes into the conversation of like, how badly do you want to try to dismantle it versus how badly do you want to just work with what you have within the systems that you're given? Um, and I mean, I, I can't really speak. I don't really know anything about the Offer's political uh, beliefs. And I mean, obviously we probably think a lot of the same things from a large scale perspective, but I don't know, I mean, like I, I think that Kennedy's are right about a lot of things. Uh, I think when you get a little older, you do learn, you know, the nuances of politics and not everything's as black and as white as it used to be. But when I was a kid, like, I remember when I was young thinking like, like when I first got into punk rock, I was like, fuck the police and fuck religion. And then I read, you know, some, some Howard's Zinn, yeah. uh, you know, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Like I, I knew that, that I was right. And I'm, I'm 33 and I, you know, I still really believe those things. And it's like, I think like it's we're talking about the fabric of what gets you what maybe even draws you to these things you know it's like you know you just know that something is wrong and you're drawn to other people who will validate those beliefs
0: i think that's what i'm more interested in than like probably going into like the nuts and bolts of like i don't know political talk about you know things um because i mean we get a lot of it and also it's like i don't know i don't know how I'm informed in the broad ways of breaking that down but you know yeah it's it always just gets me like it's like what was it that drew me to it like what made it you know like was it i guess like a chicken and egg kind of thing it's like it's like was there something that happened in my life that kind of led me to that or was it like you know like which one kind of happened was it like i had just like a brain built to be kind of left you know to be left leaning that led me into being a punk but that's not the case for a lot of people especially like punks of this time you know
1: yeah i mean i think that it probably every person has their own reasons for being drawn to something i was i was i was angry young and poor you know (laughs) and that's what that's what it was i was so angry and I still am, I, you know what I mean? I'm just, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, not as poor as I used to be because, you know, obviously I'm a grown-up. I'm going to, like, get a job now. But, like, I you know, I grew up in, like, shitty apartments, man. And, like, like, I was so pissed off because I looked at everyone around me and I, I thought they were idiots. Um, and then I got a little older and I was, still think they were. You
0: know? <laughs> We were, we were also kind of talking about like Give Me Convenience uh, or Give Me Death, but are there any other like Dead Kennedys records? Or for you, is it like really just Fresh Fruit or, you know, or the compilation record? Or do you have any connection to like, I don't know, Franken
1: Christ or,
0: you know, any of the other records? No.
1: Yeah, no. I, I, my connections are Give Me Convenience, Fresh Fruit, and the VHS of them playing. Yeah. that Those were the three things that really. I have emotional connections to yeah. um, everything else. There was just so much going on and I, there was such a lack of resources to get access to these things. There's such a lack of access to, I mean, if I had, you know, if it was, if I was like a city kid and I, you know, my family gave me money, I would, I would have gone out and bought the whole discography and listened to the whole thing. But it was more like the kind of thing where I was just piecing together what I could get my hands on from yeah. other friends and from like stealing, you know, from the local Fred Meyer. And um, so those three things were, were really instrumental.
0: Yeah. I feel like I've never had anyone say like, uh, when I was younger, like you need to check out Frank and Christ. You know, <laughs> that was like yeah. never a thing <laughs> The you know, maybe, uh, maybe you'll have people that are like, Oh, well, uh, plastic surgery disasters is, you know, underrated. Like, I you know, I could see that. Yeah. But it's been, you know, fresh fruit, or you know, you should really just listen to Give Me Convenience because it has everything you're ever gonna need or want for decades. Yes,
1: <laughs> uh, I think I think my friend Kenny, who sings in a bunch of bands, um, really rides for plastic surgery disasters. I can't remember what he, he posted something about it the other day. And I thought that's is, that is not how I feel, but I, but I appreciate it. He also is from San Francisco. Everyone who's from San Francisco feels some type of way about the Dead Kennedys too. It's not just like a a, a mild issue for people some people are really into it some people are really not
0: do you feel like it's i mean i guess that would just be like almost like come down to like a regional pride type thing
1: i'm not sure that's the reason i chose this record i wanted to talk about a band from the bay area and when i didn't want to talk about the band from New York or something yeah i always uh, wonder
0: like you know it's like does how do like how do people from you know outside of north carolina where i'm from uh like view like coc like even like the punk era like, <laughs> it's like is it right. viewed differently outside like even if we're looking at that kind of like smaller window not kind of potentially the whole or how does the whole of coc look or bands like super chunk because they're revered to me but i'm like wondering if it's a north carolina thing
1: you know? i i would say with those two bands in particular i would say that's 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 some worldwide reverence. Yeah, for sure. Good. Like, good to hear. Yeah. I saw a uh, Corrosion of Conformity. I think it was a Power of the Rift Fest in 2010 in LA. My friend puts on this fest every year and, um, and it was free. I think Corrosion of Conformity headlined. Uh, well, it was a long time ago. But yeah, and same with Super Chunk, too. I mean, and, the, and they do merge, right? Yeah. Merch right. And that's from North Carolina too. Yeah, they're
0: from Chapel Hill. Um yeah, Mac Mac McCowan and uh, Laura Balance. Uh, Yeah, so cool. That's
1: I've always loved that.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean it's you know, so that's I guess that's even even like the connection as like them being two labels from you know, one from the Bay Area and one from North Carolina, in their own respects, you know, I feel like you know kind of kind of like the same type thing you know kind of holding up music in their different respect uh but i guess like this is also maybe this is the portion we get into i'll talk to you about you know, yeah. so uh do you feel like do you feel like dead kennedy's has influenced you as like a songwriter in any way or like any of your bands like more so than like Almost like a name check or do you feel it in your music in any way
1: i mean the idea of being a really really strong single guitar player has always been something that i've worked to be good at um you know i mean there was a other guitar player for the first record but i mean really it was it was east bay ray ripping that and that was his style and he was playing on a you know on a Stratocaster with all that delay and really like you talked about filling up the space but then giving it space really really thoughtfully um and I don't think excuse me um I don't think that a lot of bands guitar players can do that I think Jade Puget from AFI um Mm -hmm. was really good at that so just the idea of that has always been something that has stuck with me. I remember and, and on that DVD from, 80, or that, excuse me, DVD, uh, that VHS from 84, it's just his favorite. And he is killing it. You could tell they've probably been playing a bunch of shows. And um, so that's something I am always interested in is just being a really strong guitar player.
0: Yeah, I watched you know, the sounds... video. It almost looked like public access in a way. Of Dead Kennedys. Yeah, and um, they were yeah. It was just East Bay Ray. Uh, but yeah. just like, just like I, it might have been like eighty one or eighty two, but it was like really good quality. Um, and yeah, they're just phenomenal players. You
1: know? Yeah, um, I think like as far as like actual musical influence, I've never really tried to play. I, I don't really listen to a lot of surf rock um and you know like like western soundtracks like which is you know what what his favorite is into like or that he is, i guess he has said that he's into that stuff um that's not really my style um but i think the way that they did it was masterful so it's And yeah. but i was yeah, never. No, i don't think i ever looked at that band and thought that's what i want to be doing because it's not really
0: a, yeah it can also there's like a flip of the coin where that kind of way of playing kind of leads you to um you know like reverend horton heat shows and uh you know fixing up yeah like, rock. You can it can kind of lead that. you down a, it can yeah it can lead you down a rockabilly path that can that's what um, i'm saying I'm not, I'm not okay. <laughs> the surf the surf rock stuff a lot of any of the surf rock shows of just like do or you know dudes playing surf rock that are probably like 50 it's cool to listen to but like It's a lot of that type, (laughs) Yeah, you know, like 50 year old dudes wearing creepers and, you know, uh, bless them, but not, yeah, not what I want.
1: I just had a thought. Oh yeah. I just had a thought about that and maybe not the music, but the art, the art of Winston Smith had a profound effect on the way that I viewed album art as a kid and still does. Um, I went to a, uh, a photo show in San Francisco. I think it was in like February, right before everything kind of went to hell. Um, and he had a bunch of original collages up and that dude is a maniac. And I am a huge fan of his G voucher too. You know, who did all the craft stuff. Um, yeah, 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 that, that stuff really, I mean, that's like, yeah, let me actually take that back. Like I was, I, I you know, have you have you seen um, the documentary "Fresh Fruit for Rotting Eyes"?
0: No, I haven't.
1: It's a little documentary they put out. I believe it was for a reissue of Fresh Fruit, um, and the band helped direct it. Uh, Jello was not a part of it, um, but the art direction is insane. Yeah. it's 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 just like my ideal aesthetic for a punk band um Dead Kennedy's t-shirt designs are fire a striking logo really subversive collage work that's that's a, something that i apply to a lot of the des- design work that i do for yeah my i'm
0: wondering art. um well so is that who did the art for like give me convenience as well or yeah winston
1: know? smith did that
0: collage right there okay and then well then fresh fruit stuff it's a photo there is actually an interesting um story i didn't know about like what the photo is
1: from yeah the riots
0: yeah and i i didn't i didn't know that. you know i don't know very interesting
1: all right so have you seen the movie milk
0: yes yeah
1: so
0: so i guess i don't know maybe i'm kind of saying i didn't know that but i don't know if we need to explain like what you know that era and what that whole if you haven't seen the movie Milk, uh, you should, and uh, I'm trying to, like, encapsulate, like, what all that happened. I mean, it's, uh, I don't want to get any of it wrong that you might be better to tell.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, like, I I can't really speak, uh, because it, this kind of goes into, like, the gay community in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I believe he was, Harvey Milk was elected city council. He was the first openly gay city council member. And then he was elected. Was it just city council that
0: he was on? I think it was just on city council, but I guess like the easy way we would just say he was in kind of local politics in San Francisco. Uh, right. You know, kind of yeah. more actually, yeah, on a local level. Like uh, he wasn't like the mayor or anything, but you know, these these right. positions are very important in every city. Uh, and yeah, and so, you know, the other, i think he was a councilman as well that ended up you know killing uh dan i think his name is dan, dan white. white yeah yeah and so i i never realized that that was uh art from that. so essentially when dan white got uh acquitted of the charges correct
1: yeah well he, he, he had a, a light sentence seven years he got seven years for premeditated and, murder
0: and then so that led to the riots um i guess his light sentence
1: yeah, so so, Dan, uh, so so Dan White murdered George Moscone, who was the mayor of San Francisco, okay. and, Har- and Harvey Milk. Yeah, um, and, and yeah, he had a he had a seven year sentence for premeditated murder. And they were all the wrongs. yeah,
0: and so, I and that's crazy. Like I just kind of spend your whole life kind of, and I guess as a kid I wouldn't have known the connection, but yeah. you know, as knowing these things now, but then kind of going like right before we recorded like oh that's what this photo is from you know that period of time like is like striking you know yeah Uh, it's thoughtful yeah
1: it's not just it's not it's not just someone trying to fake an aesthetic it's like a real subversive thing that they're like hey like let's put this image on the cover of something that just happened that's pretty uh visceral you know
0: yeah yeah So, I mean, that's, I think that kind of goes back what we were saying, like, from the beginning, I guess even to kind of wrap that part of it up, is just like, like you were saying, like, this is a very thoughtful band that, you know, if if you're kind of like looking at Dead Kennedys on a surface level, you know, it's like, there's a lot to kind of get from, you know, musically, uh, what they were actually portraying as a message, and, you know, this is the part where I'm giving a thesis of our whole, you know, conversation. (laughs) Right so so yeah but um i guess what leads us me here today to talk to you uh, i am a fan of your band spiritual grant um i and i i guess i'll speak for you but i do because of the style that you all are doing like it definitely does lend itself to you know 70s post-punkish you know early punk kind of things like there are elements and i i agree with you i don't think it's like directly like pulling from you know dead kennedy's or anything but um there i feel like there aren't a lot to me a lot of current bands that are kind of adding almost like dub into yeah. their sound yeah. that aren't you know kind of older dub heads Yeah, you know? and that yeah. can be a blind spot for me that i just don't know
1: no that's i i think you're right i i definitely would listen to a band that sound like a bars. Yeah. um you know there's not a lot of punk bands that are trying to you know throw some throw some dub snares in there or you know play like Mega songs. say I think well, it's a can't... pretty fine line to walk you know and you got to do it pretty carefully or someone will shoot you from the top of the fence you know
0: <laughs> yeah but that's the the f- weird thing is is like when you listen to like the first scream record you know they're yeah. straight up you know like that kind of beat to it you know or Mm -hmm. the easy thing would be like you know there's fugazi plenty of fugazi parts that go into those kind of things, and you know there was a lot of like punk from the 80s that would go into it even heavier than you all do yourself yeah but i feel like a lot of bands that. that kind of look to do it nowadays or i don't know a few years back or whatnot they'll just go, they'll just basically skip over the dub-ish parts and then just go straight into ska. So they'll just have, like, random ska parts. So it's, yeah. like, you don't see a lot of bands that, like, tastefully put that into their sound. And I wish, like, when I when I first heard, like, the, well, the the collection LP, I was like,
1: mm. fuck.
0: Like, <laughs> why aren't more bands doing that? Like, I want that in music, but you don't get it because, like you're saying, it's it's a hard line to walk.
1: Yeah. You got to be pretty careful. I, we have been lucky enough to not have anyone try to come for our throats playing reggae music. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause we definitely have a couple of songs that are straight up reggae songs. Um, um But yeah, I mean, I definitely wish there were more people trying to do that kind of thing as well. I think that's why we do it. Cause we want to make what we want to listen to, you know, and we want to, because we know what we would like people to be making, so I think that's why we do that. Yeah. And our bass player is a, like a huge like reggae fan. Like he like goes to reggae festivals every summer and like works them. And you know he kind of he's really really about it. So and who you know he writes all of our music. So.
0: But yeah, yeah, and it's it's an interesting thing. I think the point of kind of drawing the parallels to um there, there's times when when bands kind of have that backbeat, even if it's not like a dubbish thing it carries the music so much more than like a lot of, I guess, more hardcore bass things do. Yeah. Like like bass and drum can make a song and then guitar is like an extra thing that is nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, most of the cool guitars thing.
1: on our records, we view as rhythm instruments. So you're really just getting like, da-da, da-da, da-da. and the bass is the thing that's really jumping and jiving around the whole fretboard and I'm kind of just popping off so it's like me and the bass player are doing the leads and we, and you know he'll pepper in some like you know rhythms and stuff but it's really just the bass player so the, the, the bass is the lead instrument in our band a lot of the time I mean obviously we got some solos and stuff like that but
0: I guess like where did that where did that idea to do that come from
1: oh so Okay, so we were playing in a band together that kind of just fell apart, and I work really well with the bass player of that band. Him and I have been playing music together for a long time. Was this profile? Uh, this is uh, called Creative Adult. Okay, and right. um, him and I have just we've just been. I mean, we're still friends with everyone in that band too. So Nothing weird. Yeah. Um But. Him and I just we 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 really like playing music together. We very much understand each other's language. Um, and I was living in San Francisco, and I was hanging out with all these different people, and like you know, just being really social. It's kind of I'm a very social person. And um, he sent me these four songs that he made on GarageBand, and one of them was like a reggae song. That song "Tenderloin." I don't know if you know that song, but it's 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 a reggae song that we have and yeah and i was with uh my friend taylor who is actually the drummer of profile and he was the first drummer of spiritual kran and we were listening to them together and we i I was just like this is absolutely ridiculous like i don't know if we could do this so he he came up with the idea to play some music like this he was like he really had to convince me too. taylor too. taylor was very like i don't know about this this is pretty extreme um but he just he's very thoughtful in his approach to things like production which are really important um and things like how the band plays live um so that he convinced us he was like listen if we just the production sounds this way and but but when we play live it's more aggressive um yeah, you can and... Yeah, I
0: mean, I think, like, one of the things uh, before, like, the current band I was in, like, we played, like, we were in, an, me and the guitar player were in, like, a band that was, like, I guess, like, alt country, but it's, like, I think that's the key with a lot of that. It's kind of, like, almost, like, knowing where the line, the tasteful line is, you know, like right. kind of, like, like, you're saying, like, the, you know, like, playing, like, more, like, abrasive live or, the the way right. you present it is important
1: yeah, yeah. it's very important especially yeah. when you're trying to pull off something so ridiculous
0: because like uh, you know i think that i guess like to <laughs> to my end of what I was, I was mentioning um it's like people are going to tell you what you sound like to them
1: right you know, well you know it's like yeah. the one thing about this kind of music too is like like you know i mentioned graffiti earlier it's like me and my friends around here like We grew up Root Boys, dog. Like, we, like, listened to the specials, and we, like, smoked weed and tagged. And, like, you know, my friends, like, like, they wore pork pie hats, but we were still hardcore kids almost, in a way. Like, so that was, like, a part of our culture. Like, you know, one of my friends' tags was Root Boy. Like, we were all, like, into, you know, into that culture of just, like, being little hooligans. And, like, you know, we still are, man. Like, we all still... I act like that, you know. I mean, you know, it's a little uh, more refined, if yeah. you will, nowadays. Especially 2020, it's like there's nothing to do. But it's like, so I think that there is an element of like, je- like, you know, we weren't like, I wasn't like, oh shit, I have no context for this. I was, I was like, oh fuck yeah, like I'm, you know, I'm already like a little bad kid, and this is bad, and it's bad kid music, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like little leather jacket wearing shithead rock and it's like I don't let a jacket,
0: jacket wear shit. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean it it feels like something that like I know when I heard spiritual cramp it was like this has existed for so long in this lineage of like punk like but in in a normal modern context it always seems to be something that people are kind of looking back to and a lot yeah. of people that like the stuff we do are also listening to the specials or you know right. even if they're going further in the dub they're listening to like Lee Scratch Perry or w- whatever yeah. it, it is but it's like, it's like, we can put it back in there in the same way. Like, I feel like you don't even have to dive as, as deep as like Lee scratch Perry. If you can even just look to like scream or something, you know, like it's like, it's Absolutely. There, you know, it's there to th- utilize th- it.
1: I think it's important to have a knowledge of the foundation of what you're stepping on before you step on its shoulders uh, yeah. or else it's like a little disrespectful. You specifically going into that dub stuff. Yeah. Um, it's like, I think that, you know, you don't want to make a copy of a copy of a copy. I mean, yeah. maybe you do it. Maybe that's the art you want to make, you know, but I know for us, we, like, our bass players' roots to dub are very deep. So, and, uh, you know, I, I definitely listen to a lot of dub. I a a lot of my friends are like skinhead DJs and stuff too. So, you know, we've been really lucky to be exposed to a lot of really cool music like that. Um, yeah, I feel
0: like it's, it's definitely kind of had a... Um it's either it's had a resurgence or either I'm getting to a certain age that it that That's <laughs> the one. yeah that it's like it's like when I was younger it's like, it almost felt like anything kind of reggae based would be like the Bob Marley uh dorm poster you know oh right, right. <laughs> and but then I got to an age where it's like basically I feel like I just heard it in a record store and then I'm like I like this right <laughs> and you know it's like you know, it's like, what is this? And it's like, you know, Black Uhura or something. You yeah. know, or you know, and it's like, it's like, oh, I guess I like this music. You know, like I, I, I keep having these realizations. It's like stuff like, like, you know, I'm not super well versed in either. But like, somebody will play, I don't know, like uh, drum and bass stuff, and I'm like, I'm yeah. a fan of drum and bass. You know, it's like, yeah. didn't realize it. my ears tell me I like it. You know, it's like it was always felt like almost like in a way not so much like dub but some of it was almost like the enemy of punk rock but it's like it's like i don't know man but i just like it you know so it's like i don't know yeah. what that makes me i don't really care you know
1: yeah so i got like like when we were young dude it was like like i i mean i could like when i was really young when i was like 13 and listening to how come the holes it was like that was the first time i ever heard desmond decker's name and i was like oh what the fuck is desmond decker who's Laurel Aiken, you know, who are all these people? And, and, and then I, then I learned that like, you know, those rancid guys, they were like skinheads, you know, like, I mean, they weren't like skinheads, but you know, they were like reggae skinheads. And like, uh, like, I just, I've always been into like that idea of just skinhead rock, you know, in one way or another. And, you know, I'm, I always like learned something new about the culture. There's like a lot of people. I mean, a lot of my friends who are like very very knowledgeable about it i'm just like kind of a like a fan
0: um, yeah i mean i think it, the the part the tangent we're kind of on could just end like you know uh if you're up to it make me a playlist yeah it's right. something yeah. <laughs> it's something sure. i do i do want to discover more and yeah. you know uh cultivate more um but i guess like as i you know kind of wind things down and let you go back to your your life yeah. uh I guess, what do you have coming up or where can people get to you?
1: Yeah. Um, so what do we have going on? Um, Spiritual Camp has a seven-inch that's getting ready to come out. Um, we have a split that is getting ready to come out, both of which we are excited about. Um, another band I've named Spice has a seven-inch coming out. Um, and then both bands are recording full-lengths in the spring so uh, it's been kind of a quiet year for spiritual cramp in particular um we we took the year off to just write uh, we've been writing a bunch and you know we didn't want to push anything that didn't need to be pushed during a time when you know people didn't need another straight white dude gabby yeah. um uh, so we were just chilling this year but i think come come next spring we're going to be a little more active um you know you know peas and records and stuff so yeah. well, that's good.
0: Um, good Here, the the Spice record uh, was a really great record from twenty twenty.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree. I so I don't play on that record, um, but I definitely agree. That was probably one of my favorite records of the year. When they asked me to be in the band, I was very very excited about that opportunity.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I guess just to you know wrap things up, I yeah. appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. I yeah, have- man wait for you know spice stuff and spiritual cramp and you know i guess anything else you got going up in 2021
1: yeah thank you so much for taking the time i really appreciate it hello there we're secret jocks podcast three musicians who became even better friends through the love of nba basketball catch us every tuesday and friday recapping the past week of nba hoops and talking with other artists who share the same passion for the game From the Tour Van to the Hardwood, Secret Jocks Podcast. Welcome back.
0: Thanks again to Michael Bingham of Spiritual Cramp. Looking forward to new Spiritual Cramp material as well as Spice. Okay, next week on the pod, we will be talking to my great friend, John Russell of the band Knowing. Gnawing released a 7-inch last year on Refresh Records and have their debut LP coming out later this year. We talked about the Stooges' 1970 classic, Funhouse, and all types of Stooges, Iggy Pop, all that stuff. Me and John go way back, so really excited for you to hear this episode. Before I let you go, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com spinningoutpot and follow us on Twitter and Instagram please rate, review, and subscribe, and just simply tell a friend. As always, thanks to Sarah Blumenthal for editing the pod and Pretty Matty for the theme. On that note, hit the theme!